Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Bay Brothers podcast. Quick update we changed the name from de facto to Bay Brothers. I'm Andrew Hall. I'm Jack Deasing. Today is October 21st. And today we have a big slate for you today, finishing up um, the NLCS last night, and we have our dear friend Max Garrett as our guest today. <laughs> Hello. Um, he is currently a junior at Westway High School, um, at, uh, athlete in volleyball, <laughs> also on the uh, debate team, is it? Mock trial. Mock trial. <laughs> on, Same difference. What's mock trial? <laughs> and uh, for our opener today, we have quick postseason update. World Series will start Tuesday, and we have the Boston Red Sox and the Los Angeles Dodgers in that World Series. Also, big NFL slate right now. Uh, currently, Patriots-Bears. Patriots up by seven. Intense game there also today. Uh, coming up, Saints-Ravens. Probably going Saints there. You know, they're a hot streak. Drew Brees breaking the record a couple weeks ago. I'm going to go Ravens uh, minus three there at home. And then we got Cowboys off a hot win Versus the Jags, um, versus the Redskins, minus two. Uh, who you like there? Mm, I'll go with the Skins. <laughs> I'd agree there. They're playing some nice football there. <laughs> and then we got uh, Rams, undefeated still, versus the Niners. Uh, minus nine, I'll go with the Rams on hot streak. Looking good. Max, yeah. any thoughts on the NFL? I'm not following the NFL. Reverse. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to go with the Rams there. It's kind of playing some dummy lid football right now. <laughs> oh, just got a text from Jim Guys. Just see what that says. He says, take it easy. Once November gets here, we will do some b-ball stuff. Okay, good to know, Jim Guys. Shout out to him. <laughs> okay, now coming into... Our big question of the week. If you were to start a franchise today, out of these uh, four players, who would be the one that you want to start a franchise? So we have Mookie Betts of the Boston Red Sox, Aaron Judge of the New York Yankees, Christian Yelch of the Milwaukee Brewers, or Walker Bueller of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Max, will you start us off? Um, I think definitely the, just the correct answer here is Mookie Betts, no doubt. He's, he's the best of these players. He's an all-around player, great defense, great base running. Excellent offense. Um, I think he's a marketable player. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I would probably also go with Mookie Betts. In a close second, I would go with, actually, Walker Bueller. Looked absolutely phenomenal this postseason. Has electric stuff. Has been compared to Sandy Koufax. Um, I definitely think he could be very valuable to a franchise. Um, no, he... And if you want to chime in on this debate, go vote on the Twitter, Jack Deasing, Andrew Hall. <laughs> no, Walker Bueller, definitely not second. He's last of these. He's a pitcher, could get injured at any time, end the, end the career. Look at uh, Michael Kopech. He was, uh, what a great prospect. He's gone now. Well, well, you could say that about any player, that they could get no, injured. Pitchers, pitchers get injured quantifiably well, more than now. Players. Well, if you get injured like Tommy John surgery, you come back a year later, people are usually better. Look well, at John that's, Smoltz. That's not true. Look at people that have come back. Adam Wainwright. Multiple people. <laughs> no, pitchers are, they do get injured more. And they're, they, it's harder to get a pitcher that is consistent over a multiple amount of years, three, four, five. Look at like Degrom. You know he's been okay the years in past, but now he's, he's been the okay. He's been year. he's been way above par. Yes, right, but, but not not relative to like Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts has been out of this world. Like Kershaw is the only person. That Mookie Betts has been good for like a fat two years now. 
Okay, so you look at look at this year. He has a he has a ten plus WAR. Last year he had he had an okay year. He I think he was injured for some of the last year, or he wasn't he wasn't playing to his best ability. The year before that he had a breakout year, being younger. So now it looks like he's he's coming on to be more consistent. I guarantee seven seven WAR seasons for Mookie Betts coming up in the next two or three years. I would agree. I would say Aaron Judge is the second in that, even though he is kind of he came up. A little bit older. He was 25 his rookie season. He still looks to have very consistent power for years on in New York. I think people, pitchers and, you know, scouts, managers, will figure out how to pitch to him, though, as he does, like, chase a lot of balls. And bottom line is you just can't give any him anything, like, uh, in and up or else he'll demolish it. But, you know, try to pitch him low and away. So then you say Yelich number two? Oh, I said Bueller. I would, I would say Yelich number two. You say Yelich number two? Yeah. I think I, I, I could... You could make an argument that Judge is better, but I feel like Yelich has that marketability as well, and also kind of an all-around player. Seems like a very good clubhouse guy, based on you know how the Brewers clubhouse operates. So I, I would I would I'd go him as number two. The only thing I'm worried about there is that, you know, he he's like hitting two eighty five the last couple of years, still very good defensively and running the bases. I'm just worried that over these next couple of years, he won't stay as consistent to maybe what we think of the MVP caliber. He's going to have the high expectations going next year. I think he's still going to be a good player, and hit, you know, with 350, 375 on base, slugging probably over 500. But I don't know, like, if people's expectations are too high for him, might get to him the next couple of years. Keep in mind, though, those 285 years, it's all at Marlins Park, moved to Milwaukee, great hitter's ballpark. He's been, he's been raking here pretty much. So I, I wouldn't be too surprised to see that go on for a few more years. All right, moving on to um, just a little review of the LCSs with Houston Astros, Boston Red Sox, and Dodgers crew. Now, going into the AL- ALCS, I my preseason prediction was the Red Sox, but at that point, it seemed like the Astros were a little unstoppable. Verlander and Garrett Cole were on fire, and their offense... The Indians couldn't stop them all, and I was a little worried. In, after that first game when the Astro, Astros won, I thought it could be a, a five-game series and shorten up for the Strohs. Yeah, cause especially because Chris Sale out um, for the LCS. Well, he didn't start Game 5. He's fine now. He'll start Game 1 of the World Series mm-hmm. with a, uh, I heard, a belly button infection. <laughs> <laughs> it cannot be true. It sets I, on a, I, I think I think it's from the belly button rings. Yeah, that, that's what I heard. Um, <laughs> different side of Chris Sale. Watch out. Um, but I definitely expected the Astros to perform. But this totally proves that you know it does it. It really doesn't matter. No matter how great your starters are, it matters how good your bullpen is. And the Astros, um, their bullpen just did not perform well. Ozuna. You know, letting, especially in game two, I think it was, where uh, it was a big spot. I think it was 2-2 two to two or 2-1, two or 2-2, two two, I believe. And um, he hit a guy um, to get a guy in, hit another guy, then JBJ with the Grand Slam. And uh, just like that, you know, 8-2. and It could uh, change a series all around in 1-A-B. Right. Um, so, yeah, that's my take on it. All right, so... In the NLCS, as all us Brewers fans here, very disappointed in the outcome of that. Yes. In the um, first game, Brewers took control, had the lead in both games one and two at home, had the lead in in game two, 
Jimmy Jeffries let up the home run to Justin Turner to flip the script on the series, actually in general, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was a- I wouldn't say flip the script because Bruce got right back at it next day, though, or next game. Yeah, but I think if, if they win game two, even if they just get one oh, yeah. two in L.A., games. then they're up 3-2 coming home and they just got to split yeah. then. Yeah, a two-game lead yeah. in the series with home field advantage. That is, that's money. Yeah, I don't understand. I mean, I don't understand fully of Council putting in Jeffers there in that situation because he's been he struggled in the NLDS against the Rocks. That's, that's, in game that's a small, small quantity size. to look at, though. Yeah, but you agree. can't you can't assume that a guy is just going to come back as a postseason. You can't you can't for sure say, oh, you know, he was really good in, in the regular season. But he has started in a little bit late. You can't take that risk in that close of a game, I feel. Are you against putting him in yesterday or in the game seven? I think in the right situation, if if it was in the, the top of the order, because you put Sedano in against Muncie, then you brought him in. If it was against like Barnes and the pitcher spot, I would have been fine with that once a guy. But if like Barnes gets on, then, then I pull him out right away. you got to have a guy right behind him. Because once Sedano let up the hit to Muncie, and then you put him in, and then he allowed to hit the Turner. I would give him the hook. I would have somebody I'd like Woodruff, Knable. Well, Knable was there in the. No, he gave it up. Oh yeah, sorry. I'd have Knable in, um, right behind him, just in case because I don't trust him that much right now. Yeah, he's had a very shaky postseason, and I mean, one of the few bullpen pieces that really just hasn't performed in the postseason for the Brewers. And if you look at the Brewers postseason or bullpen numbers throughout the postseason. Their ERA was 3.38, and majority of the runs um, given up by the Brewers' bullpen were by Jeffress. So the Brewers' bullpen was still really, really good, with the exception of Jeffress, um, throughout the playoffs. It's kind, of a, it's kind of a tough way to say it, but if you look at Jeffress's like, FIP throughout the year, it was pretty awful. And, I mean, it, like FIP to ERA, it's not terribly surprising. Like, I think everyone was sort of waiting for him to stop performing as well as he was, and... Sadly, that happened in the postseason. Another debate that Jack and I were arguing on is uh, if Josh Hader, sabermetricians, including Brian Kenny, our guy, said that um, he thought Josh Hader should have started Game 7. Jack agreed. What? I, okay, I, wait, 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 wait. I said a hard no to that. Okay, yeah. so yesterday, Andrew Hall here, sent me the uh, tweet of Brian Kenny. Now, say, saying that Hater should be the initial outgater opener, two innings, three innings of, the, of Game 7. Now, I thought about this by myself in my room, and, you know, I'm leaving for Game 7. I'm sitting in the kitchen with my dad, you know. My dad, you know, very old-school mentality in a sense. He wanted to see to go 7. <laughs> oh, come on! Oh, come on! <laughs> so, I'm thinking, you know, Hater is obviously not used to, like, going in that situation, so I would be worried. I would... 100% one heater go one, two, three, those innings. If the Brewers would have done it with him a few times in July, August, September, but even if he said okay to it, I would have been okay with it because the amount of the Dodgers would have been so off balance and they wouldn't have seen it coming at all if Hater shut him down for the first three innings. And if even if the Brewers didn't score, you still have. Zero zero game, and then you go Shasin four five six seven, and then you go Knable eight nine. If that works perfectly, yeah, because I know I know what you guys are saying about how you know if if haters in the game and you don't score, well, it's like he's not protecting a lead. 
which I understand, but nice. you still have to say, as I always say, and you always say, in the first inning, the game is where the most runs are scored. It just makes sense. Well, well we why couldn't you start, like, Knable? He's just... He's been just as good as Hater, if not better. I don't. I would be fine with flipping either way. You put Hater in um, the opener role. I mean, sorry, Knable in the opener role, and then you put um, Hater in the Lochness Monster role, coming out of the pen whenever you need him. I think. I. I just think that Hater is best used when it's a close game. You know, two, three. So high leverage situations. It's high leverage bad. situations, and the Dodgers are already. They're looking to score runs. Then they see. Hater coming out of the bullpen, and they just their spirits just get demolished because they know they can't hit him. I still think no matter what you needed to open her tomorrow, since Shasinas had proven um, he, that he's had not a lot of success, uh, success against, was against, the, against was the Dodgers. Look at him again with the Padres no. and the Rockies. Team I mean, that's okay. That doesn't matter. It's no, the no, Bruce. No. The, the, it's the postseason. Team matchups mean nothing. Team matchups mean nothing. Yeah, you, you, can't, you can't say he's evolved. No, the, the reason why he used to have five-plus ERAs through season, this year he's been much better. He's probably learned some things no, about the game. He can throw a slider. He can throw a slider. Yeah. His, sli- his slider is the same over the last slider. two years. He's just had a better fastball this year. I know you're saying. I, I know you're saying it's like it's like the Bill James thing when he says you know um, the success against pitchers and hitters is like. Um, have, did you see his tweet where he's like, okay, so if you see if you see a black cat and I, no no what was it? If it rains, if it rains and you see a black cat seven out of eleven times and a guy hits a ho- like gets a hit against a guy seven out of eleven times, it's like seeing whenever it rains you're gonna see a black cat. Whenever a guy's hitting. He's going to get a hit. <laughs> Wait, let me restate bad this. Bad comparison. Uh, no, okay. we're, no, 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 no. We're no, wasting time. No, it's no, pretty no, much no, the no. same thing. No. Hater, Hater, he's a... He, like, surprisingly, Hater actually has quite... He has some minor platoon splits. So it would make sense to try and throw him in there against lefties. Because, like, he's truly untouchable against lefties. I don't like starting Hater. I mean, yes... But would you be okay to, to start... A different relief. I would have started like Woodruff. I would have been or, or Burns. For, so we don't need to bullpen this game. Yeah, she's seen. She's seen. This yeah. is the, this is the one exception I was talking about. That you can have your you can bullpen three out of the five days, but at the end of the day, to sustain um, health health in the bullpen for guys to remain able to pitch um, in the days you need them to pitch, you need at least I think one or two good starters where you don't have to bullpen games. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, now in um, which game of the game five? Game five was where Altuve had the questionable home run or not, and Mookie Betts robbed it, and they called the fan interference. What was your taste on this, boys? Um, I've thought hard about this, and in fact, the angle that they really needed is blocked by a security <laughs> guard. So <laughs> we're not com- we're not um completely sure on this but I thought that once Joe West called fan interference and that was just a coin toss there was no way he could have known from the angle he was at where um where he was where he was bumping but I think it, they made the cor- correct call by staying with uh the home run interference because there was just there's no way turning it back. It was inconclusive. It they had to do what was called on the field. Um, yeah, it, it's a terrible call. It's unfortunate that it came down to that in the game as the uh, Astros lost by two. It, it's it's terrible that an ump had to kind of decide 
a key important part of the game. But at the end of the day, I think the reviewing office made the correct call on that yes, one. I will second that. Breaking down like the mechanics of the challenge. So apparently, when someone's trying to catch the ball out of the field of play, um, fans can interfere without a call. Wow. Oh. Um. So, but I, the problem is, <laughs> it looks like it looks in the in the video as if um, Bradley was catching. Oh, was it was it Betts? Yeah, yeah, Betts. Betts was okay. in right field. It's looking like Betts caught the ball, kind of like above. You know how the wall's like a rectangle, like a rectangle with prism. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like he caught it on like you know, it's like. <laughs> it's just like a rectangle. Why yeah, is it a so prism? How are you supposed to describe this? Yeah, like a rectangular prism. Wait, but why yeah, is it a prism? Of the three D. It, it is hard describing this. Oh, because podcast, I have yeah. to say. So just just watch the video. You'll, you'll, you'll get it. Okay, now video. I agree in a sense with you guys. And now, but to to the letter of the law, it's fan interference. But I, I don't not, think so. because no, it depends. If because no, the because fan they, was they reaching the over angle. the line. You saw it. But was that you could the, tell. Fan, the fan? The fan was behind the line. I thought. Uh, I no, think, I thought the fan reaching over the line didn't actually touch his glove. Yeah, he didn't. T- he was the one that touched his glove. But but there was still a fan over the line. Well, well, uh, I think. if I'm leaning over the railing, what if I'm on the third baseline? That doesn't matter at Wait, all. Has anyone tried to find those fans? They could get some clout on Twitter right now. They just went crazy. <laughs> no, but I'm saying that I don't like to always assume that he is going to catch the ball. I it, I could. I guess we don't. I guess. If you're saying if he really wasn't over the line, which there's a staggered of there's like one guy over, there's another guy who wasn't. If that guy, if the guy who wasn't over didn't affect, who is still in the stands and hit the glove, then it's fine. But I just don't like in general assuming that the guy will catch a ball in, in a fan or interference call. Well, you can't ever assume that someone's going to catch the ball. I know, but in some cases they have. When the guy's reaching over, when a fan's reaching over a fence and hits the guy's glove, and it looks like he was going to catch it. It was called a home run, but it's ruled back that it's an out because you're assuming that he's catching it. That's what I just don't like about it. But to the letter of the law, it was called right. Uh, piggybacking off um, Max's fine thing, quick side note, there is a concession worker for the Tigers, and there is a video of him spitting on someone's pizza. Nice, nice. And... Uh, he is <laughs> he is in court, and yesterday he pleaded guilty to I think it was like it's some food law. Anyways, he's facing a felony and up to twenty years in jail for doing this. <laughs> what? <laughs> so uh, prayers up to that guy. <laughs> All right, um, moving on to a little World Series pre- preview. Just let's go around and say our picks, and then dive into more detail. All right. Um, I think that the the Red Sox are definitely the better team um, going into the. If you were to tell me the start of the postseason, it would be Dodgers versus Red Sox. I would say uh, Red Sox an easy victory. But frankly, despite their win against the Astros, I'd be very worried as a Red Sox fan right now. I still think they're the top pick, but their bullpen has just been really not performing. Especially Kimbrel has yeah, been terrible. He's been very shaky. Uh, they basically just have whatever, Matt Barnes. Like, he's their only good reliever. And that's just not going to get you through another seven-game series. I think they had some fortunate luck against the Astros. Um, I still think they're the favorite because the Dodgers just are they're not quite as good. Um, but I think we could see a, a close series going into game six or seven. So you're saying Red Sox in? Red Sox in seven. Uh, this is a really tough choice 
you know, back and forth. Red Sox, by far the upper hand on the hitting. Um, but pitching, I don't know. Like, I haven't, I haven't really, I don't know too much about the Red Sox bullpen. I, like, I haven't watched them that much this year. I mean, besides, like, they got Kimbrell Brazer, who's kind of a magical story coming in, who pitched in Japan last year. They have some other guys. Their ERA has been solid, but they don't have any big names. It's kind of the general consensus. Right. And the Dodgers, they've really, I mean, their bullpen was unbelievable in the championship series against the Brewers. Um, Ryan Matson came out of nowhere. is really good. They have Urias back. Um, their starting pitching is, is really good. Jansen looked as good as I've ever seen him last night. Um, and because of that, I think their hitting's going to come on strong. I'm going to go Dodgers in seven. All right. Hot take. That's sizzling. <laughs> <laughs> At the... Well, even like a week ago, I would still say Red Sox could even like beat them in like five. But after what they did in the, to the Brewers in the last couple of games of the series, it's changed my mind that it can be a longer series. But I still like the Red Sox in, I'd probably say six. I got to stick to my preseason prediction. My, my colors don't spread here. So <laughs> that's my take. Um, and our stat of the day is something that I looked into. And saw that since 1971, there's always been a team from California or New York in the postseason. So, and I believe there was also, they're both in in 1969. So ever since the expansion era to the two divisions, besides 1970, there's always been a team from California and New York in the postseason. Wow. So fun fact there. Wow, that's a, that's a, that's a fun fact. stat of day. Okay, moving on to... Tough cookie of the week and soft tissues. We'll start with, um, I can start with my tough cookie of the week. My tough cookie is, it can either be a player or a team, and I went with player JBJ at the Boston Red Sox. MVP of the ALCS. Grand Slam, always doing his thing in center, center field. A ton of hits throughout the series. And my soft tissue was the Astros because I think they really underperformed at home. Their fans, I think I heard they sold out their uh, tickets for game... Game three in three minutes. So, shows that fan base. And I think they kind of disappointed what they were going to do in the series. I think they really were confident in themselves. My tough cookie of the week goes to the Purdue Boilermakers after a stunning victory against Ohio State last night, winning 49-20. to um, Really shocked the college football nation as it really ruffles up the rankings. Um, you know... LSU now moving into the top four. Um, big matchup between Alabama and LSU next week. Um, so it really just stirred things up in the college football world. And my uh, soft tissue of the week goes to... <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm going to go with the Los Angeles Lakers. Two um, bad performances against the um, Trailblazers and the the Houston Rockets last night. The Houston Rockets last night. So yeah. 0-2, I mean, bad start. Yeah, bad start to LeBron. Yeah. Even a fight Mello. with Mellow Hoodie seasons back. <laughs> <laughs> even a, there was even a fight with like Rondo and Chris Paul. So uh, Rondo's a mess. Um, 
Except that, that, that's you gonna, still can do the spin move like like no other. Yeah, that's going to be a process <laughs> there in Los Angeles. Uh, I don't even think LeBron's going to win championship I'm there. not trusting that process, I say. Yeah. So um, that's my soft tissue of the week. Nice. I just have a quick question about the, the name soft tissue. Yes. <laughs> what in the world is going on? <laughs> well, the Gusters... Uh, Disrespecting our our segment names, <laughs> so that's okay. Tissue, what does that even mean? <laughs> the tissues are soft. <laughs> that relates to anything. All right, whatever. My soft tissue. Of the week well, is... you got to do tough cookie first. Oh, okay. My tough cookie um, is going to be the Brewers. Um, they lost, obviously, not going to the World Series. Very, very disappointing. But they have overperformed all expectations this year. Um, naturally. They were expected to win, like, I think Fangraph said, like, 86 games. They won 92, had a deep run into the postseason. All in all, successful year. Um, hopefully for many more to come. My soft tissue will be Craig Kimmerell of the Boston Red Sox. Um, a scorecard may not look too bad for him, but if it wasn't for some outstanding defensive plays, uh, he'd he'd be really in trouble. And uh, I'm, I'm worried about his performance into the World Series. All right. Um, now we're going to move on to our final segment of today, our final four. And today our final four will be um, fictional characters from their movies or TV shows. And we'll let our guests start it off. It'll be start a snake high. draft. All right. And you can go ahead. All right. First overall, I'm going to go with um, Sid the Science Kid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping to snatch him up. I'm afraid he's going to be, you know, he's got great intellect. <laughs> I'm worried he's going to get snatched up early, so I'm just going to lock it down. Okay, um, second overall pick goes to Jesse Katsopoulos. That one. You're still lost. Just overall great guy. Great musician. Great looking guy. Um, Big family man. Uh, Just an overall great pick. Okay. Um, I'm going to take... I've got the rubber band pick here. Man. Man, man, man. Okay. I'm going to say what's true to mine. I'm going to pick uh, Ray Kinsella, Feel the Dreams. Good pick, good pick. I, I think you can't beat that one. It's it's up there. Uh, for my second pick, I'm going to take uh, Ferris Bueller from oh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, yesterday, he loves life, I can say. Yesterday, I was thinking oh, of making a sign. Yesterday. yesterday, I was thinking of making a sign, Bueller's Day Off, but no. Yeah, I want to get the, the, the Bueller... Bueller, can't go in. <laughs> but, you know. <laughs> they did one of those on, on the broadcast. Back to you, Andrew, for your... Uh, okay, fifth overall pick, Troy Bolton. Oh, man. <laughs> that's, that's a steal. Uh, all three of us actually were in High School Musical. Yes. In uh, middle school. That's pretty, we're all jocks. Um, but Troy Bolton, great looking guy, has a good girlfriend. Um, uh, overall, great... Pretty, I mean, his fundamentals may not be the best in basketball, but you know, gets the gets the job done in the clutch. Yeah, uh, pretty good, pretty good singer. Ooh, it's clutch and losing. He's well. Educated. Hot take. Check next time, episode three. Okay. <laughs> All right. Next up, I'm gonna go with Charizard from the Pokemon series. <laughs> um, you know, we already got Sid with Charizard. We could kind of the, the intellect and then like the brute strength. So that's going to be. My six overall. Yeah, serious. Yep. Was there a second pick? Uh, for number seven, we're going to so go with... third pick. All right, Jack, you'll have to correct me. Riley from National Treasure? Yes, That's Riley, good. that is. That so is. now we've kind of got the three-way combo with Sid and Charizard and Riley. You get some <laughs> jokes from Riley. <laughs> Lots of good stuff over here. Okay, um, eighth overall pick. I'm going to go 
Bobby Brady from the Brady Bunch. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I really like the throwback TV shows. And uh, Bobby Brady, he's just like a fun-loving kid. Um, He likes to have a lot of fun, gets made fun of a lot, which may not seem great, but, um, you know. Tough skin. Yeah, he's got tough skin. Joke the family. Pretty good athlete, I believe. Uh, So, yeah, Bobby Brady. Okay, um, for my third pick, and it'll be my final pick. How many picks have you had? Three? Yeah. Okay. No, you got two more picks left. Yeah, so I'll have my last two yeah, picks okay. here. Because I have a snake. You know. I, I'll take uh, Kramer from Seinfeld. Haven't seen much of the the, the, uh, the seasons of Seinfeld. Just kind of seen a little bit of clips. Seems like a pretty cool dude. He kind of just runs his life the way he wants to. And uh, my for my final pick, I'm going to take Spencer Shea of iCarly. And I like this pick. It's kind of a um, mirror image of Kramer, I think. Just kind of from seeing stuff. Doesn't have much of a life, I'd say. Just kind of building his sculptures, doing different things. Seems kind of cool. I remember one episode he he had a lawn in his fr- in his in his living room. He loves lawns. <laughs> That's good. Okay, for my final pick, I'm gonna go uh, Bill Nye, the Science Guy. Um, that's 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 a good pick, by the way. Good final pick. Uh, well, first of all, is this an el- is he eligible? I don't know because he's a real person. Yeah, I don't know. That, that, I, no, I'm, I'm saying real. no Bill buzzer. Nye. Can we get a buzzer? Can we get a buzzer? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Uh, wait for it. Gotta set a one-minute timer and wait one minute. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta, I gotta. I guess I just, the tech guys aren't really working today. <laughs> Off on a Sunday, I guess. Put it right next to Where's the, the Where's the alarm? There's no, there's no buzzer in that. It's just, like, random ring. Okay, that's our buzzer. That's our buzzer. <laughs> okay. Okay, so um... Now, now you gotta make a math. Last Okay, uh, I'm gonna go with Steve McGarrett of Y50. Um, former Navy SEAL. Overall, a great guy. Has some pretty good shooting skills. Um, if you really need someone to save your life, he's the guy to go to. That's good. Um, I'm gonna go kind of a mainstream pick. I'm surprised he's fallen so far. Jim from The Office. You know, oh, yeah. It's a basic pick. He's just a stand-up guy. He'll really round out the team well. That's true. All right, that concludes um, our second ever episode of Bay Brothers. And our closing song for today is going to be Pursuit of Happiness by Kid Cudi. Really speaks to the Brewers fans trying to find that happiness for next year. Thank you all. Have a good week.